Hi, welcome to Diversity in the I'm your host, Anna, and that's my co-host. Peace out, love. And today we're going to do another series of drug dealers, murderers, and robbers. Oh my, there's just so much news going on this week. So we're going to start it off with the Keefe D arrested in the murder of Tupac Shakur, what we know so far. Dewan Keith Davis, also known as Keefe D, was arrested on Friday morning in Las Vegas. A grand jury has indicted Keefe D on charges of murder and use of a deadly weapon in connection with the 1996 murder of rapper Tupac Shakur. Tupac was shot while leaving a boxing match on the Vegas Strip. He was only 25 at the age of his death. Keefe D, who was 60 years old, was painted as a ringleader in a plot to kill Tupac as retaliation after an attack on his nephew. Keefe D has placed himself at the crime scene, saying he was in the front seat of the white Cadillac that came up beside the car Tupac and Suge Knight was in when shots rang out from the back seat, killing Tupac. He was shot four times and died six, six days later. It's been 27 years that Tupac's family has been waiting for justice. The homicide lieutenant said the murder was t- retaliate, retaliatory. Reta- it was retaliation. Attack after a conflict between two gangs based in Compton. Shakur and Sugar were affiliated with the Mob Peru gang in Compton, and Keefe D and his nephew Orlando Anderson was affiliated with the Southside Compton Crips. And on the night of the murder, they were at the same event as Tupac. When both groups were leaving the fight, death row members spotted Orlando Anderson near an elevator in MGM. They began to kick and punch him. After the altercation, both groups left the hotel where Tupac and his crew were headed to an after party at a nightclub. When Keefe D found out about the attack on Orlando, they began to come up with a plan in retaliation against Tupac and Suge Knight. Keefe D got a gun from an associate and got into the Cadillac along with Terrence Brown, DeAndre Smith, and Anderson. At one point in the Cadillac, Keefe D said he took the gun and handed it to the passengers in the rear seat of the vehicle. The indictment states that Anderson and Smith were in the back seat, but does not specify what man pulled the trigger. The group found the black BMW Tupac and Knight were in and began shooting, then fled the area. Dewan Davis was a shot caller for the group of individuals that committed the crime. All the other individuals associated with the crime are dead, including Anderson, who died Anderson, who denied his involvement with the murder, CNN, before his death, in a gang-related shooting in 1998. Police had a long outline of the night's events, lacked evidence to bring, but lacked evidence to bring the case forward. But in 2018, Keefe D's own admissions regarding the crime were a crucial piece of the investigation. When police searched the home of Keefe D's wife in July, they seized a memoir that detailed street gang life and the murder of Tupac that Keefe D had wrote. In the memoir, he describes himself as the one of the only two living witnesses to Tupac murders, the other being Suge Knight, who was in prison for an unrelated manslaughter charge. Going to keep it for the code of the streets, Davis said, when asked who of the four men in the car was responsible for pulling the trigger. It just came from the back seat, bro. Keefe D has confessed to police in 2009, but they were not able to use the information he was. Then sat down back in 2000... Okay, this must be another day. I just wrote it. It's 2009, but I'll have to relook it up. And he confessed, confessed to his role in the murder along with other co-conspirators that he had a proffer agreement so they couldn't use the information. 
A proffer agreement is when a suspect agrees to provide potentially useful information to an investigation, but their statements cannot be used against them. Tupac's stepbrother, Mo Preem Shakur, who is also a rapper, said, News of Keefe D's arrest is bittersweet. We have been through decades of pain. They have known about this guy who's been running his mouth for years, he said. So why now? He said, for us, this is not over. We want to know why and if there were any accomplices. So what do you think about them indicting Keefe D? First and foremost, that's been one of my, mo- my most things. Me, my brothers and stuff, we big Tupac fans. Always have been. Before the death row and before all of that crap. My thing is this. What Mo Preem said, she stand off because Jada Pickett, I saw Jada Pickett put something up also today about that same situation. Keefe D been talking about this crap for years. Keefe D went on Vlad TV and said what he was saying, and all of a sudden you indicted, bro. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just being honest. Keefe D been talking this same bull crap off the side of his damn neck. Well, you got to look at it. He's the only person that was there well, that can specify the whole situation. Well, that's what they said. And when they raided the home, they found a memoir that he had been writing saying, you know, he was there. So you placed yourself at the scene of the murder when the murder was committed. So, of course, you're going to get indicted. But why did it take so long knowing that he was at the scene of the crime? Because... They didn't want to believe the conflict of interest because Suge Knight being Pyru or Blood and those Southside Crips, uh, they probably they tried to put it on the Rolling Sixties first, but Tupac was cool with the Rolling Sixties. The Southside Crips and the Rolling Sixties they don't get along, even though they both click, they both Crip sections of the situation just like bloods and pyrus don't technically get along you know but i feel that he did that because he's gonna expose somebody else to this it's it, it, it this is bigger than him well that's what they like his brother Preem said we want to know why and if there were any wit- accomplices Mo, so Mopreem no because Mopreem see well that's what a lot of people them up if Nobody know Tupac better. It's two people that knew Tupac the well, three people that knew Tupac the most. That would be Gaddafi, rest in peace, Gaddafi for the outlaws, his little brother, his brother Mo Preen, and Tretch for Naughty by Nature. Them three people would know. So it's they they knew it's it's bigger than KPD. You gotta you gotta take the fall. You gotta take the fall because obviously I believe KPD was paid. To say his nephew and his because he ran that organization. Take my nephew and them to do it. But prior to that, that's what that did month that that didn't disclose. Prior to that, that wasn't just no random act. Orlando Anderson and them Southside Crips robbed one of those death row members at a mall a week prior to that and took the death row chain. That's what it that's what a conflict started. And it was a bounty on that chain. So, I don't know. We're gonna see what how this this comes out. I mean, I mean, this is still, years coming. Still to this, I love Tupac. One of my favorite rappers. He's one of my favorite too. One of a, like not only a rapper with like standing up for the the realness. He he spoke realness. He didn't pick sides. He he spoke about life. 
about what, what what's what's really going on. But we have to prove that Mr. Shakur is actually deceased. Yeah, uh, you know what? There are so many conspiracy theories that I was going to, but it you know we got to shorten it down because we only have so much time. So. I know, but that's all I'm gonna say on that. <laughs> Rest in peace to all of those brothers and a Keepy D. Keepy D gonna talk. Yeah, because I mean he did do a proper agreement, but that was I think it was 2018. See, the thing is, he did that and he did that in Cali. He lived in Vegas. They came in. That's where the, the incident happened at in Vegas. He did that agreement in Cali. That's two different jurisdictions. That's the reason why the feds raided his house in Vegas. Memoir. They found that memoir. Yeah, because it, that incident happened in Vegas. So you can you can agree all you want to in Cali, them two different districts. And so he's going to talk. And you wrote in a book that you were there. You were there. That's proof. You were there at that murder. And he told he been yeah. saying this he been saying this twenty some odd years. Yeah, doing interviews and stuff. Yeah. It's like but you know what he been doing this. But when he went on that Vlad, that's when he done told he done miss man he ain't never messed with that man. He did that Vlad constantly on that Vlad, and then bam, there you go. Well, you know what they say, loose lips and ships. That's <laughs> better watch right who you you better watch who you interviewing with. Watch what you say. <laughs> Damn, go to the streets. He says he says Coda Streets, but Coda Streets Coda is the streets my ass. You know, he should have never talked about nothing. The streets don't talk. No. <laughs> I mean the streets talk, but if you want that, you ain't about to be out there by your mouth. Right. Putting it out there on live TV and shit. So unfortunately, we have to talk about the little crotch goblin, Ethan Crumbly. Ethan Crumbly was an Oxford school shooter who killed four students in 2021. He is now 17 and set to be sentenced. In Oakland County Court on December 8th, where he will either receive a life sentence or a minimum of 25 years and a maximum of 60 years. A judge ruled on Friday the decision was left up to Judge Kwame Rowe. During a Miller hearing, Rowe announced Ethan could face Michigan's harshest possible punishment without an event opportunity for freedom. The judge said his actions were not impostuous or reckless, but meticulously planned and carried out. This was not an impulsive decision, nor was he peer pressured. Rose said over a video conference, he methodically walked through the school and decided who would live or die. Rose added he found a slim chance for, for re rehabilitation for Ethan. And he disagreed with the defense lawyers that argued Ethan was in a spiraling state after being neglected by his parents. Rose pointed out, in Ethan's own words, he said his childhood was good. His parents were present at Friday's hearing. The two had been charged with involuntary manslaughter for four students their son killed. So, more Ethan. I think he. I think he needs a natty. I think he needs a natty. If you can't give him, if you can't give him the, you can't give him the DP. He needs a natty, and so do his parents because that's premeditated murder. Anyway, he planned that. That's premeditated murder. There's a lot of people that are going to face the death penalty for things that they probably didn't have nothing to do with and then get executed for that. He did that crap and his parents knew about it. They, they, they hey, look, yeah. So, <laughs> like, oh, come on now. Well, I think it's good that the judge said that he can't be rehabilitated and he wow. knew what the hell he was doing. And they can't use that he had this old, neglected, poor life because out of his own mouth, Ethan said, 
my childhood was good. Right, we're gonna let him free so he can so he can do something to our kids or y'all kids. Right. Come on now. Keep the little crash goblin behind bars. I'll fry his little ass. Because you know what? The lives he took, they don't have a chance to live their life. At least when oh. in prison and he's still living. The wow. other four four people he killed, they're not here to live their life. So yes. he needs to be put away underneath jail forever. I will fry his ass. Because yes. for the simple fact, in his parents. Manslaughter, yeah, that that sounds that don't even sound right. Like I'm charging everybody with murder. Yeah, premeditated murder, capital premeditated murder. It was planned out. Y'all bought him the gun. He said what he was gonna do. Y'all told him not to do it. So obviously y'all knew, but y'all can't control y'all kid. So therefore, none of y'all need to be on the streets ever again. Right. That's just bad parenting. Bad parenting. And rest in peace to those those babies that lost their lives. Yes. And shout out to their parents. Be strong. Right. I hope that the justice system prevails in your favor and they do something about this little crotch goblin and lock them away forever. So now we're moving on to Kevin Young, a 22-year-old arrested for the little baby concert shooting. Little baby was forced to end his concert early this month in Memphis at the FedEx Forum because a man began shooting a firearm inside the arena. As baby Enrilo Rodriguez was escorted off the stage after it was revealed what was taking place. Little baby went on to tell his fans that they would all be receiving refunds and Glorilla was also disappointed. What had taken place, she had been forming on little baby's tour and the incident took place in her hometown. A man was shot in his abdomen but was but has recovered. The victim was named as rapper CEO Jizzle. On September 27th, they arrested 22-year-old Kevin Young on various charges, including reckless endangerment, unlawful possession of a fire, a weapon, felony possession of marijuana, and drug paraphernalia, and more. His bond is set at 150000 He's also said to have gang ties as, as, he is, as he is a well-known member of the rich and ruthless gang and is known as Cato two times. Wow. You hit on that one. I didn't even know that. CO Jizzle is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, CO Jizzle is actually like young golf cousin and artist. Really? Yeah. And that that's the one that they said that was dead. Oh, yeah. they said that he was yeah, dead. Watching yeah, and then and like, like no, yeah. he's not dead. <laughs> and he's not dead, but then you know, it's Memphis. And then, you know, like they don't have no love for little baby. You from Atlanta. Stab them Memphis tops. It's dangerous out there because they it ain't it ain't like you little baby do his thing with like little Dirk and them. Little Dirk be be worried about the, the GDB war. Basically in Memphis. It's basically nothing but GD, so it's just a GD GD war, and a lot of that, a lot of them things, they claim they they claim they they claim they size. This has been going on since the early nineties with Three Six Mafia and Yo Gotti. People, hey, Yo Gotti, motherfucker, he was into it with Three Six Mafia. They still ain't cool, and you know Three Six Mafia is yeah. is Memphis, yeah. <laughs> so. You know, and I didn't know he got shot at that. Thank you for bringing that to the light, baby. I I, I didn't know where he where he supposedly got shot at. It's supposed to have been dead. It's supposed to have been dead for like a month. Then he resurrected. He jumped out the casket. That's crazy. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, now we have more on Sergio Brown, a 
former NFL player. Instagram accounts linked to Sergio Brown have disappeared Thursday afternoon. Missing persons reports were filed for Brown, who was 35, and his mother, Myrtle Brown, who was 73, but later in that day, on September 16th, they found Myrtle, Myrtle's body in a creek 100 yards from her home. Since then, the former New England patron had been posting bizarre stories to his Instagram account called Player with a Passport that appeared to be linked to him, although the account could not be verified as authentic. Both this account and his official account was deactivated on Thursday afternoon. It's unclear what this may mean for Sergio Brown. Officials say they were investigating the authenticity of the post in which a man identified as Sergio Brown, claimed he had been kidnapped by the FBI, and called his mother's death fake news. And in another, he seemed to be mocking that he was missing by quoting Finding Nemo. They know one of the videos was recorded in Mexican, but the department said it has no new details to show. So, I'm just only if y'all can see my look. That's what I'm gonna give, bruh. The fans ain't you no fake news. Sorry to tell you, Sergio. Did he commit suicide or something like that? No, Sergio. Uh, they think he killed his mom. And is he? He's still on loose. He's still on loose. They think he's in Mexico. He was posting the Instagram. Remember we covered the story? Yeah, but but I thought he must did something to himself because he, he sounded like what type of person that would do but something But they said he was himself. depressed. He was burning his mom's clothes. My thing is this. If you don't burn your mama's clothes, why would you put something about hair with a passport? Like, you just look... That just look the obvious. Why would you kill your... Why would you... You played in... He was on one of those Super Bowl New England Patriot teams. He's going to go down with Aaron Hernandez as one of those people that they don't want to be associated with. Like, it's... But don't you think it's weird that, like, all the really wacko, crazy football players end up on New England Patriots? That is kind of crazy. I mean, is there something in the water? I know Boston is, but Boston have a lot of hate. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, besides the Patriots, only thing that came good besides the Patriots and and the Boston Celtics back in the days, Larry Bird and Parrish McHale and them, only thing good of that is new addition. But other than that, you see, and then that Boston bombing that that one time. I, I don't know. It's just like. You see, like, I yeah, I sent Matt Patricia over here from New England to Detroit, man. I just think, <laughs> I just think that, I just think that they go a little bit overbearing about that CTE thing. I think people have that already embedded in their mind. Because a lot of these players, they talk about get these players because half of these, half of these cowards don't even play for real. They don't, be, they don't see no, no playing time. Tony O'Brien, I know he got that crap. He crazy because he he played every damn step. He took them hits. He took massive hits. He crazy as hell. But you gotta look at where he from. South Florida ain't nothing but ain't nothing but them. But them the the. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be. I don't want y'all to think I'm some type of person. I'm not gonna say what I want to say. But but they like that. Like Lamar Jackson, I think from the only he the only person that's from down there that's actually kind of sane. Look at. Kodak Black and all the people that they all from the same hood. They all know each other. They all from the same projects. So I just think that Sergio, 
Yeah, they ain't, ain't no fun to Robbie got the gun. Well, we're on a subject of Florida people. <laughs> YNW Belly. Co-defendant YNW Bortland hearing rescheduled. <laughs> YNW Molly's co-defendant YNW Bortland has had his hearing rescheduled for a double murder case. His court date was originally scheduled for September 29th. YNW Bortland, whose real name is Cortland Henry, forced a delay while prosecutors focused on retrying W YNW Molly for the 2018 murders of YNW Juvie and YNW Sack Chaser. So Bortland's case is pushed back to January 12, 2024. Jury selection for the retrial of YNW Molly starts on October 9th. YNW Molly's attorneys attempted to get the double murder case dismissed in a motion filed on September 26th. His lawyers accused the state attorney's office of a prosecutorial misconduct. I just cannot read today. About the lead investigator in the case, the defense awaits Judge Murphy's decision on the motion to dismiss. So, I feel in that in that fact, you know, they delayed Borland crap because I was I was told that Melly's lawyers was trying to put everything on Borland, which he is the person that was with those bodies last. You can't place Melly there, mm-hmm. so they're gonna say, "What do you know? What can you give us that's accurate so we can nail him?" Because if we, if you can't give us nothing, you get nailed. You was the last person with those bodies. Which makes them look really bad. Like, who drives around with dead bodies? I think that, see, that's that's going to be the thing that if they really break down to be, Melly going to be free because you can't, you can't put him with those bodies. We can put you with those bodies. You took dead bodies. You know that they was dead. You took them to a hospital. What common sense would that make? You didn't make no phone call. You didn't call the authorities like, hey, look here. My boys just get, if it was a drive-by, <laughs> you would have called the police. Like, hey, look here. My boys just got, my boys in here dead, bro. I ain't trying to move. If I know I ain't do nothing, I'm, I'm trying to be like, hey, look here. Hey, look, y'all need to come in here and see this. Like, bro, for real. But you had them in that car, and they said you went and changed clothes. So you gonna ride around? That's sinister. Yeah, that's that's sinister. So that makes it look like you did it all on your lonesome. Well, we'll see how this one goes because the first trial with YNW Melly, you could tell they wanted to put on Portland from the jump, and the prosecutor the sucked. sucked. So hopefully they come back with some kind of fight number or whatever to try to prosecute one of these boys because the family needs to get justice for these the boys that got murdered. They really do. Well, they're grown men. I'm sorry. They're not boys. They're big boys to us. Yeah. Well, because my age. Yeah. But these grown men. But like you said, they got to look at it. They got to place the blame on somebody. Mm-hmm. I and mean, look here. You got and then, I mean, it is still with that. Borland is the outside man looking in. Because then you have to prove that you have, do you have any paper trail that shows that he gave you money to do anything? If none of that is accurate, you the only person with those bodies, uh, like you kind of screwed. But that's when keeping it real goes wrong. Stop trying to be people that y'all are not. And stop turning on y'all friends, man. 
for this this stuff that y'all think y'all getting into. That's way worse than what you were expect. Right. Don't don't any not good outcome comes out of it. No, pray to Jesus. God is good all the time. Okay, the next is Kevin Mason back behind bars after he was mistakenly released from jail. Kevin Mason was arrested Wednesday in South St. Paul by the U.S. Marshal Service. Mason was charged with second-degree murder in the connection of the fatal shooting of Dontavious Catchings in the Shiloh Temple parking lot on June of 2021. Gunfire had broken out during a visitation for a man who died in a shootout in front of a downtown Minneapolis nightclub. Mason was charged by warrant two months later in Hennepin County and was on the run for more than two years. He was finally arrested on September 11th, but he was released two days later due to a mistake made by a jailhouse employee. Mason's girlfriend picked him up near the jail, and then a massive manhunt been underway ever since until he was finally arrested on Wednesday. Mason is not facing charges in Indianapolis. So they finally got him back into custody. After a clerical error, let him out. I'll be, I'll be back in custody with some people that's going to keep him there. <laughs> and then they talking about that crap. They want to mess with his girlfriend. Hell, she ain't releasing. <laughs> I mean, anybody. Oh, well, I got released. I mean, she's not going to question it. Go back in jail. Be like, hey, did you? Hey, right. did you really release him? They'll come in here. Hey, did you release my man? Right. They're going to trust the system. Like, okay, you guys are the system. You. Get, this is your responsibility. So if you release them and someone calls me saying they're released, I'm going to come pick them up. All these damn convicts and prisoners constantly. Get loose on day watch. We got Cavante. He was walking out of it like Spider Man. Like, yo, ain't nobody see him. Him little fashion shows, changing his clothes, changing his appearance. Like, this is on the, the protect and serve. <laughs> like, what is Okay. Going yeah. And then, yeah, every month, every place need to stand your ground because y'all can't, y'all can't help us. I'm going to call y'all for. So they can go, go to jail and be back up next night. <laughs> well, that concludes our show. I just want to say congratulations to the Lions on our win against the Green Bay Packers. Bless. That was a great game. Shout out to MCDC. Yes. And My boy. Is there anything else you want to say before we end? I want to say shout out to y'all. And y'all have been so great. Keep supporting. We appreciate y'all. I said, we ain't hard to find. Anything y'all want to talk about or anything, we're going to get get it a little bit, you know, we're going to get it a little bit where we can pull y'all up. But y'all got to shop. Y'all got to let us know something so we can know, you know. Communication is key. Yeah. But shout out to y'all. Y'all the best. And uh, y'all stay safe. Keep them kids and these women safe. Men. Keep these women and these kids safe. And shout out to y'all. Y'all the best. And I just want to say thank you to all our listeners. We really appreciate you. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and comment. We are also available on the following platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and more. Our Facebook page is Diversity in the D. Our email is diversityinthed at gmail.com, but it's spelled D-I-B-E-R-C-I-T-Y-I-N-T-H-E-D. Thanks again to our listeners. Without you, there's no us. And we are now on Instagram, Diversity in the D. And please, if you like our podcast, tell your family members, cousins, sisters, brothers, uncles, aunts, uncles, cousins, long-distance relatives. (laughs) Word of mouth is the best advertisement. 
and I guess that concludes our show for the day. Details, details, stand up. Yeah. Lady said, what up? <laughs> you guys have a nice week. <laughs>